0: Monday, Bet Elul, Taf Shin Ayinhei, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I always I always joke about the fact that the Sephardim have to say Slichot from to Shalul and Ashkenazim get to wait. Usually about I don't know, like three weeks or so we get we get that. And and it was always like, Okay, would you would you trade off eating kidney oat on Pesach? And the answer is no. I'd rather sleep Late for an extra three weeks. Then eat kidney out for eight days. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, one and all to this edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and we are here live each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 4 p.m. Israel time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And, of course, whenever you want to listen to us, you can do so on demand, it's called. There's video on demand, there's audio on demand. This is audio on demand. You can go to nachomsiegel.com, go to the archive section, look for The Israel Show. You can listen on the app by uh, going to the uh, Israel Show section there. Or you can sign up for the podcast, which is probably the easiest way if you're not listening live. Go to iTunes, search for The Israel Show. And subscribe to the app and it'll be automatically, automatically downloaded straight into your device by the end of the day, usually on Monday. So, whichever way you're listening, thank you so much for doing so. And we're happy to be here. We're happy that Nahum is, uh, is back on the air and, um, just got up from Shiva on Friday. And leaving for Israel today, it's, a, it's, a, it's the life of Nachum Siegel. What can I tell you? He, he's so busy. He is so active on behalf of the Jewish community. It, it is beyond comprehension sometimes. I mean, not sometimes. Almost always for me. Um, Gimel Elul. Today is Bet Elul. We're broadcasting Monday. Tomorrow, Gimel Elul is the yard site of Harav Avraham Yitzchak HaKohen Cook. Riff cook is a name that's um, I always like to say it's a name that's familiar to many but understood by very few uh, including me. I could never explain who Haraf cook really was because he was too great and complex a personality for me to fathom but as we are close to his yard side, I'll try and share with you a few facts, some stories, some information about Riff Cook. And uh we'll intersperse with some music. Then later in the show, we'll tell you the story of a hijacking. One of the first Arab hijacking terrorist acts was in 1972 when a uh, a Sabina flight was hijacked. And um, it is one of those stories that ends, from our perspective at least, ends well. And yet, we live in such crazy times where political correctness, I, I, I don't know, just seems to be burning up all sanity and we'll tell you how this expresses itself in a movie that an Israeli movie no less that um, was made and is uh, being released about the Sabina hijacking we'll do that later in the show Um, we have some slichot music as the Sephardim begins slichot and some Israeli music and uh, lots of great stuff so we hope you stay tuned to us here on the Israel Show. This is uh, Yoni Genot and Shai Gabso, Vida Kol Pa'ul. This is from the uh, High Holiday Liturgy, as we're getting prepared. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: We'll make
0: Hey the name of that song is Viedak Kol My name is Mayor Weingarten. And you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Network. As we mentioned, Gimel Elul is the yard site of Avraham Yitzhakah Kohain Cook. We'll spend some time looking at um, a little bit of his life. I, I introduced before. How I personally can fathom or comprehend Rav Cook. He is not a two dimensional figure. I think he's not even a three dimensional figure. Rav Cook lived from uh, 1865 to 1935. And 1935 is important because that means that Rav Cook did not see the Holocaust, did not experience that part of Jewish history that came before the state of Israel. And, of course, he did not experience the founding of the state of Israel. He was of the greatest, if not the greatest, Torah personality of his generation. He was a posek, a halachic deciser. He was a master of Kabbalah. He was a poet, a philosopher, uh, and much more. In 1904, he made Aliyah. He was born in Eastern Europe. He made Aliyah in 1904 to become the rabbi of the city of Jaffa, Yafo. Now you might ask yourself, why wasn't he rabbi of Tel Aviv, Yafo? Why just Yafo? Well, because there was no Tel Aviv in 1905, 04. Tel Aviv wasn't founded until 1909. Can you imagine that? From then on, with Cook's relationship, with the secular Zionist movement was was a focal point of his life and the source for a lot of the controversy that surrounds him in certain circles even till today. Cause Cook saw in the Zionist movement and in the pioneers who were carrying out its mission, he saw a holiness that many of his rabbinic peers did not. He felt that Zionism itself was sacred, that it was, that it had Kedusha inherently, that it was God's tool in implementing the ultimate Ge'ulah, the ultimate redemption. But, while well, on one hand he knew that the Zionist leadership and the pioneers in the field were secular, that they desecrated the Shabbat, that they violated many basic mitzvot of the Torah, and that pained him dif- deeply it pained him deeply at the same time he saw in them their burning passion to return to and to rebuild eretz israel which he felt put them on a higher level of holiness even if they themselves didn't understand that that's a that's a very difficult position to to stake it it, it is hard to wrap your head around So, as an example, by the way, of this dialectic, these opposing forces within Rav Kook, one of the examples is his reaction to the murder of two guards. 1912, this was in 1912, the murder of two guards of the Shomer Society. This was a secular Jewish self-defense group that were defending settlements in the Galil from Arab attacks. By the way, just as an aside for a moment... This was 1912. You understand that in 1912, there was no state of Israel, there was nothing even close to a state of Israel. There were no, quote-unquote, occupied territories, none of the excuses that we hear today for why Arabs killed Jews. And yet, Arabs already were killing Jews in 1912 and earlier. Anyway, back to of Cook. So these two Shomer defenders were killed by Arabs as they were defending a settlement in the Galil. And he was asked to write an obituary for them. And he was torn. Because those killed were anti-religious Jews who hated the Shabbat, who seemingly hated Torah, Yet he, Cook, saw in them the special holiness that we speak of. So what does he write? How, how does he address them? It's incredible because it really, I think this sentence conveys the complexity, well, it conveys in a small way the complexity of Cook. He writes, Achim Chavivim Sinuim. Beloved, Hated brothers. Notice, even though they're hated, they're still Achim, brothers. Neshamot kedoshot meshukatzot ketum'at hanida. Holy souls, yet they are stained, they are reviled. As the tum'at hanida. O'i mehaya what has happened to us. You can put into one sentence Achim Chavivim Sinu'im that most people can't live with that. While all the other leaders of the Yishuv HaYashan would have nothing to do with the Zionist pioneers Rav Kook refused to estrange himself from them. He devoted himself to strengthening Torah while at the same time reaching out to the secular Zionists. Yet, he, Rav Cook, was held in the highest esteem by his peers, the greatest rabbis of his generation, and by his students who became Torah giants of the next generation. Rav Chaim Eiser, the Gerer Rebbe, the Nitziv, Rav Ezer Meltzer, and so many others, even Rav Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld, who led the old yeshuv, the group that opposed Rav Cook's policies on Zionism and opposed Zionism, even Rav Sonnenfeld, Held him in highest esteem. In in the past generation, great rabbis that we that we have seen, Roshel Moszam and Orbach Zatzal saw cook as his rav. cook was the Masader Kedushin, officiated at Roshel Moszam Orbach's wedding, and was the sandak of his oldest son, Ruv Orbach, who today leads a grouping in Yerushalayim with Shmuel Orbach. Sandek was Rav Cook. Not many know that Rav Cook had a very close relationship with the family of Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal. In fact, Rav Cook was Rabbi Yashiv Shadchan and his masadar kedushin. He officiated his wedding as well. And it's also well known that Rav Yitzchak Kutner Zetzal, the founder of Yeshivas Rabbeinu in Berlin, when he would quote Rav Cook. In a sheer, Rav Hutner would preface the quote by saying, Cook, My teacher and mentor, Rav Cook, said so, so and so. Or such and such. Let's end this segment with what to me is one of, one of the most beautiful quotes of Rav Cook that I know. There are many that I don't know. This is one that I have seen many times and really speaks speaks to me. Cook wrote: enam El-a-mosifim or the pure and righteous do not complain about the darkness. Instead, they increase light. al the tzadikim ha don't complain about evil. They increase justice. Enam kfira, emuna. Instead of complaining about heresy, they increase faith. Enam they don't complain about the ignorance of the masses they increase wisdom. of Avram Yitzchak Kohen Cook passed away on Gimel Elul Tafresh Tzadik Hay, 1935. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: Hadola, leam Gula, the Toga Ula. Lehot Kala, Ye Fatma, Ye Meshalvate Nanala, Shetit Anak
0: Dor HaGi'ula, brought to us by Ayelet HaShachar. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You, yes you, are tuned, <laughs> and me too. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Today's a big, big day for Nefesh Benefesh. Their charter flight, the second of this summer in addition to other flights, group flights, but the charter flight where they have chartered an entire El Al aircraft, leaves today, and accompanying that airplane that is filled with families of Olim, that is with Olim Chadashim, I should say, with people moving to Israel, accompanying them will be Nahum Siegel our very own Nahum Siegel accompanying them interviewing people getting getting their their excitement their emotions their joy their pride getting it all down and will convey all that to the JM and the AM listening audience tomorrow on JM and the AM between 6 and 9 Wow, it's, it's exciting just thinking about it. And you, by the way, you can watch the arrival of the plane and the huge ceremony. It, it, it is so moving. I can't even tell you how moving it is. got to watch it. It's going to be on live on the Internet tomorrow at 11.45 p.m. Israel time, right? I think I got that right. Tomorrow, 11.45 p.m. Eastern time. That's what... Uh, the website says you can check it out. Nefesh Nefesh's website is www.nbn.org.il. w dot n b n dot dot i l. Nefesh Benefesh n b n dot You can watch it live. You can watch it on demand at any any time later. But it's definitely worth a watch and listen tomorrow to J M in the A M, and the whole week for great programming from Israel. Tomorrow specifically about the great Nefesh Ben flight and the excitement of all those who are going to uh, be on it. We'll um, take a quick musical break with a Pugi song, but this is not sung by Pugi. This is by Hatik Vashesh, covering a Pugi classic, Po Kavur HaKelev. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And stay tuned, because coming up, we have the incredible story of the hijacking In 1972 of the Sabina plane, we'll tell you what happened and we'll tell you about the movie, the Israeli movie that is being uh, uh, previewed right now in Israel and the story that that movie tells. So stay tuned to us right here, The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
2: (laughs) Pocavu a keler, zeu et sema inja, noset sem shela keler, bal la keler met nisma, doset shebet atsuba veumla la sheva
0: <laughs> they do it very well. We're covering the Pugy Classic, Po Kavur HaKelev. You're tuned to this show on the Nahum Siegel Network. My name is Maya Weingarten, and uh, we thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. So, um, on May the 8th, 1972, There used to be an airline called Sabina. It doesn't exist anymore. It was the national airline of, uh, what was it, um, Belgium. Sabina Flight 571 from Vienna to Tel Aviv was hijacked by four Arab members of uh, the Black September group and uh, was forced to land at. Lod Airport, which later became Ben-Gurion Airport. That's where it was headed, but now it was under the control of the hijackers who were armed. The attack, and this, by the way, I I should just add, that that this is one of the first terror hijackings. One of the first, not the first, but one of the first terror hijackings that the um, Palestinian Arabs began using in order to make a name for themselves around the world. And if you want to look back at what point the world started turning against Israel, believe it or not, it was with the beginning of the terrorist attacks. As crazy as that sounds. Anyway, the attack was planned by Ali Hassan Salameh, a great tzaddik in his own right one of the masterminds of terrorism. And it was carried out by a group of two men and two women armed with pistols led by Ali Tacha. Um, soon after the hijacking, the hijackers, by the way, same as in Entebbe, same as in many other places, separated Jewish hostages from non-Jewish hostages sent the Jews back to the back of the aircraft. The hijackers demanded the release of 315 convicted Palestinian Arab terrorists who were imprisoned in Israel and threatened to blow off the airplane with its passengers. A day later, on May 9th, 1972, I remember this because we were living in Israel at the time, And it was a few weeks before my bar mitzvah, actually. On May 9th, 1972, at 4 p.m., the rescue operation began. That's right. Israel did not capitulate to terrorism. The Sayeret Matkal, which is the elite commando unit, 16 of them, led by their commander, whose name is Ehud Barak, And including a soldier at the time, a member of the Sayeret, whose name is Benjamin Netanyahu, both future Israeli prime ministers, one of them at present, approached the airplane disguised as airplane technicians in white coveralls, and they were able to convince the terrorists that the aircraft needed repair. And then the commandos, the Israeli commandos, stormed the aircraft, took control of the plane within 10 minutes, killing both male hijackers and capturing the two female hijackers. All the passengers were rescued. Three were wounded, one of whom eventually died of her wounds. There are a lot of ironies in this story. One of them is this. The hijacked airplane itself, the aircraft, continued to be operated by Sabina for another five years. And then... The airlines sold it off, as many airlines do. They update their fleet. And who bought it? Israel Aircraft Industries, who eventually sold it to the Israeli Air Force, where it served as a spy plane for many years and participated in many of the Air Force's long-range operations. So there is an irony there. Well, last week, why am I bringing all this up? Last week, the docudrama movie entitled Sabina Hijacking My Version, which was produced and done and made by an Israeli company, Keshet, Israeli production company that um, actually is part of the Israeli broadcasting on Channel 2 in Israel. So this movie is not released yet, it'll be released in September, but the movie was previewed in a special screening and in the audience were Prime Minister Netanyahu and former Prime Minister Ehud Barak, as we mentioned, who rescued the hijacked passengers. I don't think I mentioned this, but by the way, Benjamin Netanyahu was actually injured. He was wounded in the takeover. He was hit by um, a bullet that was meant for one of the terrorists and it it sort of like struck his i believe his shoulder and he obviously recovered well two female the two female terrorists who survived who were not killed were taken in prison they were sentenced by israel to life imprisonment and guess where they are now ladies and gentlemen They're free. It's part of a prisoner exchange after the 1982 Lebanon war. One of them has a role in this film. Teresa Halsa, who was 18 years old at the time, one of the two female terrorists, is in the movie. She gives her, her, her narrative. Of what happened, she, by the way, was neutralized. She had a she had a um, a belt, an explosive belt, on her. She was wearing it, and she wanted to blow up the plane. Even during the raid, she wanted to blow up the plane with everybody in it, including herself. And who neutralized her, Benjamin Netanyahu. And in the movie, she says, the operation, it was very successful. Because even though we didn't blow up the plane, everywhere you went, everybody talked about the quote-unquote Palestinian people. That's what she says at the end of the movie. Isn't that... And she goes on to explain... Why it was okay to blow up 109 innocent people in order to fight against the "quote-unquote" Zionist entity, and then she goes on to um, to eulogize the the commander of of the uh, mission, Taha Abu Snina. Well, you know what's even more amazing to me? That while they were showing this movie, the the preview of it, and in the audience were all these dignitaries, including Israeli fighters who fought the terrorists. When this terrorist, who now lives in Jordan, has a nice, quiet life, Teresa Chalsa, when she said that, there were people in the audience, not many, but there were people in the audience who applauded what she said. You want to know how crazy we've gotten? Political correctness has gotten? That's how crazy. And I'll share with you more. Oh, there's, there's so much... This- Talk about Ali Hassan Salame, who was uh, the, the mastermind of this whole operation, just to let you know that he he went on afterwards to plan the Olympic massacre of the Israeli athletes Novels have been written based on his life as a, of a, as a terrorist, but he went on to um, ultimately thankfully be killed by the Israeli Mossad in an unbelievable operation. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, after the movie, in that same theater that the Prime Minister was in, and Ehud Barak and, and, and Shimon Peres, who was a minister in the government at the time of this hijacking, there was an amazing interview with one of the main actors of the movie, the one who portrayed Ali Taha Abu the, the, um, head of the hijackers. It's an Israeli Arab. He is an Israeli Arab actor. George Skandar, his name is. Here's the question that was posed to him by a journalist in the, in the, in the uh, like in the hallway of the theater where you buy the popcorn, you know? Here's the question.
2: The interviewer
0: says, you know, we've heard from people that feel that this movie gives too much expression to the terrorist side of the story. This is Israeli really movie. And what? so... He's asking the actor, who is an Israeli Arab, what do you think about it? Here's here's the beginning of his answer.
2: I, are you speechless?
0: The Israeli actor, who has a major starring role in this Israeli film, about a terror, terrorist act that was carried out against Israel, is asked, what do you think about those who say that this film gives too much credence to the terrorist side? He says, well, first of all, I wouldn't call them terrorists. I don't like that word, terrorists. I would call them fighters. They're fighters. They're fighting for something. Something was stolen from them. You understand? The land of Israel. This was stolen from them, and they're fighting to get it back. I don't even know what to say anymore. Really? I I just don't. Here's more from Israeli-Arab actor George Skandar.
2: You too If your
0: house Would be stolen away from you You also would fight for it Uh, we, 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 We can't ignore the fact that there was a nation that was expelled from here. We can't ignore that. And so he suggests we shouldn't call the people who hijack a plane and want to blow up over a 100 innocent people, we shouldn't call them terrorists. In is- this is not happening in Europe. It's not happening in Russia. It's not happening on Iran. This is happening in Israel an actor who gets paid handsomely, an Israeli citizen who has all the rights of the Jewish citizens in Israel, stands in the theater where the, where the people who went and risked their lives to save the innocents against the terrorists are sitting there can say, well, I wouldn't call them terrorists because they, they're fighting for... They're fighters. They, their land, their home was stolen. Their home was stolen. And they're fighting for it. Here, here, here's
2: one more choice quote. So
0: the interviewer says, so in your, in your opinion, those who hijacked this plane and threaten to blow it up with all the innocent people in it, those people are not mechablim, are not terrorists? He says, no, absolutely. Unequivocally, he says. Unequivocally. They're not. They're people who are fighting to get back what was stolen from them, their house, their land, etc. I don't know. My dear friends, I don't know where we're going. I, I can't tell you that I I am not often feeling <clears throat> very pessimistic. On the other hand, you know, we look around, we see things like a nefesh benefesh flight filled with olim charesim, and that gives us tremendous optimism. We see the land of Israel flourishing, and that gives us tremendous optimism. We see the, the people in the land of Israel doing well, economically, socially, and that gives us optimism. With all the difficulties, there were always difficulties. Jewish people in the land of Israel always had difficulties. Life was never easy. <coughs> Excuse me. But we always, um, we always at the end somehow made it through. I would say look for it in your theaters, but don't, please don't. Sabina hijacking, my version, as if there are more than one version to terrorism. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: (laughs) Keshet sar keshet sar meod, kulo keshet.
0: Who wrote that? Quick, it's a quiz, pop quiz. Rabbi Baruch Chait, many years ago, as part of the rabbi's sons, I believe it was a rabbi. Well, no, no, Kol Salonika, I think. Whatever. Jewish music experts will know and let us know. We're going to close out with another, um, another one of the silly hot. That our brethren, Bnei Eidot HaMizrach, the Sephardic brothers and sisters, well, brothers in this case, I guess, who starting slichot already with Rosh Chodesh. Adonai Selichot, we started this show with Adonai Selichot, the classic one that by now, I think, anyone who spent any time in Israel knows that one. This is a new Adonai Selichot, by Jonathan Razel, and it is beautiful as so much of what he does is. So we're going to close out with that. Not before, not before, not before. We thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. We thank you for your Facebook likes and comments. Yes, this is an opportunity for me just to remind you that we have a Facebook page, and we post tons of stuff on the Facebook page. Not too much, not overwhelming. We post links to the songs that we play during the show. So you can watch the YouTube videos and listen to them whenever you'd like. We post links to stories that we spoke about during the show. And during the week, if we come across something interesting that we think you wouldn't see elsewhere or that you'll see elsewhere, but a lot later, we'll post that too. So please take uh, take a look. Give us a like and have a listen, as we like to say. It's important for us that you like the show and tell your friends about it. Wherever you are around the world, we know there are listeners in Australia and in Germany and in England and in Israel and in South Africa. <sighs> Did I say Australia? Yes, I think I said Australia. Well, I have a special place in my heart for Australia. My mother was born in Australia, and she's listening. Hi, Ma. Anyway, um so please do like our Facebook pages, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. We have 325 likes. Um, we're stagnating a bit. It's not about liking a specific post. It's about liking the page. So once you've liked it, you can't like it again. But if you think there are people out there that would like it, please have them like it. You like that? Anyway, thanks for your comments, your Facebook posts, your likes. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Our condolences to him, and we wish him also a a Nisiatovaz. He joins the Nefesh benefesh charter flight uh, that is going out today. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network an encore presentation of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday following J.M. and DM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different place you <makes noise>